Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. From the den, this is The Howl. We would like to welcome you to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics on everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is also a proud member of CLNS Media Network and can be found on clnsmedia.com as well as Podient, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Howl is also produced with thanks to our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. All right, so the season has officially begun. We have our first true Review of games. It's not preseason anymore. This is the real deal here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Again, we are the Howl. This is our review segment. Well, start off here with game one. The Wolves take on the Spurs, which in a way has become sort of a tradition. It seems like every single year we end up taking on the Spurs away. So in San Antonio uh, for the first game of the season, that's definitely happened quite a bit. And they always seem to have our number. It's tough to remember the last time we saw a Timberwolves victory, which obviously is pretty unfortunate for Wolves fans. It'd be nice to you know start off a season 1-0, especially given how poor some of our seasons have gone. It's one of the, the best chances for us to be over 500 during a season, given we don't go through a lot of uh, winning stretches aside from last season. Now, one thing I do want to add for everybody that watches Wolves games as far as watching on TV or radio, one thing you can do if you're maybe away from your radio, if you're away from your TV, let's say you're on the road, one thing you can check every so often is at the Howell Radio on Twitter during games. We do have great content for you, updates as far as score, player info, box scores, highlights, pretty much everything you could ask for if you're not able to watch the game. And even if you are, it definitely helps to follow along. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Again, at the Howell Radio is going to be where you want to take a look on 
to Twitter and that sort of thing. I think it's definitely worth a look. And, and during games, we can definitely provide you with some, some good content as far as the Timberwolves are concerned. But again, back to the first game of the season. It is Wolves versus the Spurs. Now, you're hoping to right the ship in this one, but unfortunately, in the first half, the Wolves definitely struggled. One thing that early on in this season does seem to be a, a trend, unfortunately, it's really, really, really poor defense. Uh, the Wolves have definitely struggled as far as uh, defense is concerned. Just as an example, in this one, they end up letting up 112 points to the Spurs You'd like to find a way to be in the low hundreds, maybe high 90s if you can. I mean, obviously, you'd love to be lower than that. But just to see some sort of improvement from the Wolves would definitely be ideal going into this season. So if we take a look now, for anyone that is not familiar with the Wolves, they have struggled mightily. And it's not just this year. It has been a long time coming. They pretty much uh, struggle year in and year out as far as defense is concerned. It's one of the reasons why Tom Thibodeau was brought in. The, ho the hope was that we were going to be a b much better defensive team. That's what we were, were hoping for anyways. But unfortunately, it has been a struggle. Taking a look at last season. So before we get into this season, last season, the Wolves were 27th out of 30 teams. Defensive rating of 111.1. Now, offensive rating, we can score. The Wolves are able to score the basketball. 113.4. We were fourth out of 30 teams. What makes that so incredibly impressive is that the Wolves are able to do that without shooting threes. They do not have a modern offense. On top of that, and this is part of the reason why we are 27th, we do not have a good defense. Our defense struggles mightily. Now, there's a reason why back in, let's say, 2011, you know, Tom Thibodeau was able to succeed because the defense of game, the defense of game plan and the offensive game plan, the, the league itself was very, very different. It was not as three-reliant. You still had the potential for teams to use, like, post-games, more or less. You, don't, you know, the true center is pretty much out the door. Guys are able to stretch the floor a lot better. So the game has changed quite a bit. If you look at the Spurs as a specific example, now that's a team that at least somewhat does have a, a bit of an inside game when it comes to, let's say, LaMarcus Aldridge. But even he is able to hit those, uh, you know, deeper shots. How about Pau Gasol? Pau Gasol in this game as a good example, was able to hit some nice threes. And it's, it's so, it looks so effortless when you're watching these guys do it. You know, Pau Gasol is a player that's been in this league a very long time. And he comes off the bench, actually, for the Spurs. But he looks just so confident when he shoots the ball. There's a good reason why he's been able to last in this league so long. So Pau Gasol, as an example, ends up playing 22 minutes in this one. But he's able to hit the one and only three that he takes a lot of the other guys, you had a few other pieces in this game as far as uh, the three are concerned from big men. Uh, Burton's is a bigger bigger guy that's able to hit a three. Now, we mentioned Aldridge does have that ability to stretch the floor, but not much. Like He only shoots one three-pointer in this contest. Patty Mills is another player. Uh, and Bellinelli, if you, if you jumped on the list as far as three-point shooters are concerned. So the Spurs are a team, along with, obviously, Greg Popovich as the coach, that have really done a good job of embracing – changes in the NBA landscape and they you know when they when they had when they were in their heyday you know you had Tim Duncan obviously that's a guy that's not shooting threes that's not his game it didn't need to be when he was doing it so it's I appreciate that the Spurs are able to make the necessary changes um, going into this game and I think that's important 
as far as teams are concerned, you have to be able to make changes. And there's certain coaches. Uh, you know, the Wolves are a team that throughout their history have had coaches that are not willing to make changes. And now I'm not talking about Flip Saunders and things like that, but more recently, Rick Adelman, very set in his ways. Kurt Rambis, very set in his ways. And obviously, you have Tom Thibodeau that couldn't be more set in his ways. So you go into this season definitely remembering that. That's just something kind of to keep in mind. When we talk about the Spurs specifically, looking back at last season, now the Spurs always seem to find a way to get the job done. Look at these stats. So coming into this game, uh, so last season, they were third out of 30 teams in defensive rating, 104. Offensive rating, they were pretty average, 17th of 30, 107.9. But you put those two together, you know, decent offensively, very good defensively, and that's, a, that's how you're going to win games. Now, obviously, there's some changes. DeJounte Murray's out for the year. That definitely impacts them negatively. On top of that, there's no more Kawhi. But when you look at that third of 30, Kawhi really didn't play last season. So that was something they were able to do without their best player, without their top defender. And that's so much more impressive. So many things to like from the Spurs uh, last season and coming into this year. You know, on pace of play, they were 20th, 28th out of 30. So there's definitely some things to watch for uh, when you're watching this game. Now, if you have not seen this game yet, I definitely uh, strongly suggest you take a look at Timberwolves.com for the highlights. You can also take a look at uh, YouTube.com. They have some highlight packages there as well, or NBA.com if you want to get a game recap uh, outside of what we're going to be going over here as far as uh, video replays are concerned. So going into this game, you know that the Spurs are definitely missing a few players. You know, you've got Patty Mills, but you did lose Tony Parker. On top of that, you lost to John Murray, as we mentioned. So a little thin at the point guard position. But again, it's it's Greg Popovich team. You always know, no matter what, it's going to be a tough matchup. And this was no different. We've looked a lot at the Spurs side of things. Now, looking at the Wolves side, uh, a few things to keep in mind. So the Timberwolves, this is going to be the first game this season playing with Jimmy Butler. They did, you know, obviously he chose to make the decision to not play during the uh, preseason. So keep in mind that when you're watching this game. Jimmy Butler did have, you know, we say a minutes restriction, but he's still playing uh, almost 32 minutes. So while he didn't play maybe his normal workload, there's nothing wrong with the starter playing just 32 minutes. Uh, in fact, I would I would appreciate if they actually did that more often. Jimmy Butler at times definitely struggled. One thing I noticed from Jimmy Butler is he really struggled to find his game at the at the rim. So looking at his field goal percentage, 39%, 9 of 23 but specifically in the paint, I would say he definitely struggled. You know, one of four from three. I definitely thought his mid-range game was there, and he was able to hit four or five free throws in this one. But I think a big part of this game and what we failed to do was score at the rim. And I think that's something that's going to have to change long-term. If Jimmy's going to be here, and again, we don't know how long he's going to be here for, that is definitely something that the Wolves are going to have to watch for. Again, part of that's going to be getting his conditioning back, now, they did, they, do, they did not play him in the preseason, so you kind of got to work back into game shape. So I do think that's going to come in time. Um, moving to some of the other players, obviously, if you watch the game, the MVP of this one, Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague was absolutely on fire from in pretty much all facets of the game. Now, you'd probably like to see a few more assists, but when Jeff Teague's scoring as much as he is, you're definitely going to get less assists. So you're looking at Jeff Teague, 27 points, four dimes, and a rebound. Two of three from three, nine of nine from the free throw line. He was getting stuff done. The crazy thing, and this is, uh, 
you know, this is why people say that the plus minus statistic is something you don't really want to look at in terms of just single games. You need a bigger sample size than that. But looking at his, he was a minus five. He led, or I guess you could say he was last as far as, uh, you know, plus minus is concerned at a minus five. But again, considering he was the lowest, it tells you how close the Wolves were able to keep this for the most part. A few other guys I was very impressed with. Andrew Wiggins. Now, going into this season, the one thing you really want to see from Andrew Wiggins is it's, it's a few things, actually. You'd like him to be a little more aggressive, not settling for mid-range jump shots. Throughout his career, that's been something he has done quite a bit, is settling for mid-range jump shots. What we'd rather have him do is take open threes and cut to the basket. Very similar to what you talk about when you're watching like the Rockets play. The Rockets are very aggressive getting to the hoop, and they're taking threes. They basically don't take a lot of mid-range shots if they take any at all. And Andrew Wiggins is a player that has to watch that. So going into this one, you have uh, Andrew Wiggins finishes at 20 points, which is awesome. Two of six from three. He definitely looked a little more aggressive. Now, he's still, he still settles from time to time. As, as athletic as he is, I think he's always going to have a few plays here or there where he definitely struggles because he tries to let that athleticism compensate when he's in a, a bad spot. He says, well, I can just jump higher than you and get that shot off. That's fine, but when you're taking fadeaways, when you're taking jump shots, when you don't need to, maybe early in the shot clock, those are things he needs to change. And I thought in this first game, we definitely started to see that. On top of that, the two other things that we need Wiggins to be better at is passing and rebounding. And in this game, we definitely saw that. He had three assists, six rebounds. Think about this. If Andrew Wiggins could average 20 points, six rebounds, and three assists a game, I think we'd all be pretty pleased. Now, again, he only got to the line twice. That's a number that we're used to seeing be a little higher. And if that could change, that'd be awesome. But in 37 minutes, one first game of the season, I was pretty impressed with Andrew Wiggins. And it seemed apparent that he definitely worked on the things we wanted him to work on in the offseason. And he's definitely put an emphasis on passing and rebounding so far uh, in, early on in the season in this game against the Spurs. One player that I think really struggled a bit, and I do think that the Jimmy Butler drama is affecting him, and that's going to be Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I think, for my money, that's a player that needs to be on fire if the Wolves are going to have any success. Carl Towns was in foul trouble throughout this one. He just looked dejected. I mean, it was really unfortunate. He ended up falling out in this one. Only played 22 minutes. So think about this. The Wolves were able to keep it close for the most part without Carl Towns having much of an impact. Eight points, just nine rebounds, but three assists. You know, it's funny. This is kind of a – this would be a great uh, – this would be a nice – a nice stat line for Andrew Wiggins if you were looking at one, just when you're getting a guy that's able to do rebounding and passing. But the Wolves need more from Towns if they're going to have any chance of being successful this season. Jimmy Butler, we talked about how he definitely struggled a bit at the rim. But if you look at just his specific stat line, you take the rest of it out. 23 points, 3 assists, 7 rebounds. A lot to like from that game. Now, 1 of 4 from 3, but the 3-point shot isn't necessarily going to be what you need Jimmy in there for. He's taking it to the hoop. He's getting to the line. He got to the line five times in this one. Also hit a big three down the stretch in this game. So while he was struggling at the rim, and again, you're starting to see why people don't like Tom Thibodeau. This is a good example of that. Tom Thibodeau at the end of games, what does he do? He says, all right, it's close. Let's get the ball to Jimmy. Jimmy, you iso and dribble around. We definitely saw more of that. Again, this goes back to the fact that our coach is just not willing to to, to change it all. He's just so, so set in his ways. And until that changes, it's going to be tough to win basketball games. You know, you talk about the tortoise versus the hare 
One guy that I constantly think about when I think about that is Taj Gibson. Slow and steady wins the race. Six points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Three of four. He didn't take a lot of shots, but he just does what he needs to. He gets the job done. I have noticed one thing from Taj is it's never a foul when it's him. They call fouls on him quite a bit, and he's always like, no, 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 no. It's not me. It's not me. I, I, I didn't get him. I didn't get him. So that's one thing to watch for. He did five fouls in this game, and you wonder if maybe he can control that just a little bit. But overall, uh, for the first game of the season, there's things to like, and there's definitely some things to dislike uh, on the Wolves' side of things. To take another look at the Spurs, who, by the way, end up winning this one 112-108. to Very close. Came down to the wire, which is, which is really nice. I mean, if you're going to lose, let's at least make it a competitive game, which I think the Wolves did. DeMar DeRozan, the newest acquisition, obviously that was who they got, or the main piece, at least, that they got in the deal for Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors. 28 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. A lot of times I watch DeRozan play, and it does make me think of the way Wiggins plays just a bit. DeRozan's not known for shooting threes. Uh, one of three from the three-point line. Or, so there's lots of stuff to like. 39 minutes for him. 42 minutes almost for LaMarcus Aldridge. So there were some, some pretty good games as far as the Spurs are concerned. Overall, we talked about embracing the modern NBA. Modern NBA. Just 25 threes for the Spurs, but they made 11 of them. So right there, 33 points from the free throw line. If you move over to the Wolves side of things, it's a much different tale of the tape. Six of 19. So we're making about half as many as them. We're taking six less. 19 threes in a game, that's not going to cut it. The Wolves need to be more aggressive. On top of that, Tom Thibodeau is only playing nine guys. So some of the players you might want to see, whether that's Josh Akogi, whether that's going to be C.J. Williams, who obviously uh, is a popular name, or Katie Bates-Diop, Luol Deng. Those are players that are not getting minutes. And Tom Thibodeau was very, very strict about this. They said, look, I'm not going past nine guys. That's just the way it's going to be. And if you look at the nine guys he's using, there's not really much room for any of those guys to get replaced. Jang's not going anywhere. If you, Let's say you talk about the bench. Jang, Derek Rose, these are all players that Tom Thibodeau really likes. And so you're not going to see much change there. One of the big free agent acquisitions that the Wolves had, by the way, was Anthony Tolliver. Ended up playing 20 minutes. If you want to take a look at uh, a small sample size, of course, but Anthony Tolliver, 20 minutes, did not attempt a single three-pointer. You need to have production from the three-point line from Anthony Tolliver. There's just no way to be successful if you're arguably your best three-point shooter isn't getting it done. On top of that, we talked about Towns having an off game. Towns, you know, from the three-point line, guess what he was? One of two. He's really solid. In fact, he was in the top 15 last year in three-point percentage for players that qualified. Didn't get the job done here with just one of two. Again, only played 22 minutes. And a common theme that carried over from last year into this year is that Towns is just not used enough. you got to force him the ball. You want to make sure Towns is getting his shots. And that did not happen again in this one. Taking a look at 2K. Now, what we do do each week is we make sure to do 2K simulations for every game. Now, we had done some simulations in 2K for this game. And the Wolves actually ended up winning it 103-100. Now, we talked about this on a previous episode, but just kind of going over what actually happened versus what they predicted. They did expect LaMarcus Aldridge to have a very big game, 21 points, 14 rebounds. If you compare that to what he actually did, 21 points. So they got the points exact, 19 boards. So he actually ended up being a little more productive off the glass than they expected. DeMar DeRozan. Uh, 15 points. So DeMar Rosen was part of the reason they were not able to get as much done. Now, in the simulation, they did have DeJount Murray, 
So that's one thing to keep in mind. They also did have Lonnie Walker. A play, both those players did not actually play in this one. For the Wolves, 23-7-4 for Jimmy Butler. 23-7-3 is what he ended up having. They were just a little off. They had the rebounds and the assists reversed. So pretty impressive with uh, what they were able to uh, guess as far as players are concerned. Andrew Wiggins, 21 points, 3 rebounds. And this is crazy. They had him getting 9 assists. So despite the fact that those weren't Andrew Wiggins' actual numbers, they were correct that Andrew Wiggins comes into this season obviously a little more prepared and, and come into play, able to do some really nice things uh, for the Timberwolves and the box score. So next we move on to the game against the Cavaliers recently. Now, hopefully some of you were able to make it out to Target Center. Uh, me and uh, my co-host Kevin were able to make it out there. I am a season ticket holder, and so I definitely wanted to make sure I did not miss the home opener especially with all the Jimmy Butler drama. Going into this game, obviously everyone knew that Jimmy Butler was probably going to get booed. Tom Thibodeau was probably going to get booed. And I will say, at least at the beginning of the game, the Wolves fans did not disappoint. Now, me and Kevin went into this thinking to ourselves, yeah, you know, when it comes to the announcements, we are going to boo. And Jimmy Butler welcomed that. He was very open about the fact, hey, boo me. I'm going to play. I'm going to do what I do. And he did. And he... And he welcomed the booze. So did Tom Thibodeau. They both laughed about it. They just kind of brushed it off, which I think as a professional, that's all you can do. What else are you supposed to yell at the fans? No, that's not, what, that's not what happens. We got the booze out of the way, and then you move on. But no, unfortunately, and me and Kevin both kind of agreed on this, what we really didn't like is in the first quarter, let's say, because it didn't happen throughout the game, but in the first quarter, the fans would boo Jimmy Butler every time he touched the ball. Now, the funny thing is we're playing the Cavaliers, after, G- after Kevin Love had been traded, every single time Kevin Love would come back here for the first year or two, every time he touched the ball, people would boo him. Now, at the time, I got it a little more. But since then, I've definitely toned down my displeasure for the way the Kevin Love situation was handled. I do think, in terms of Kevin Love versus the Timberwolves, I think the Timberwolves were the ones that handled that really poorly. Kevin Love was a guy that deserved the five-year max. We shouldn't have saved it for Ricky Rubio. And I'm argue, I'm one of the biggest Ricky Rubio fans out there. And Kevin Love 100% should have gotten that five-year max. And unlike in the Jimmy Butler situation, with the Kevin Love situation, I 100%, I 100% understand where he was coming from. And so, thank goodness. Now, there are a few people that still booed Kevin Love. I think there's always going to be those people. But for the most part, Kevin Love did get a, ni- a pretty nice ovation. I, for one, was very pleased to see him have a good game. I'm a big Kevin Love fan. But back to the Timberwolves side of things, we talk about how Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler were booed early on, but you get to later in the game, there was a play specifically where Jimmy Butler catches an alley-oop pass for the dunk, and all the fans go crazy, and they're cheering for him. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, you were just booing this guy every time he touched the ball. And it was almost like at that point, the tide turned, and everything changed, because at that point, it was like everyone forgot what had happened, everyone had moved on, I saw someone comment on Twitter how it seems like a lot of Wolves fans have forgotten why we're upset with Jimmy. It's not that he's not a bad it's not that he's a bad player. He's a fantastic player. We have problems with him as a person and the things that he's done off the court, how he's handled this whole contract situation, how he's handled asking to be out of the Wolves. Those are the issues. So, when you boo him at the beginning of the game, if you're going to boo him then, you don't just all of a sudden just jump back on the bandwagon because he plays well. We already knew he was going to probably play well. He's one of the best players in the league. On top of that, you get towards the end of the game, and Jimmy, let's say, would be at the free throw line, and we have people chanting MVP. That should not be happening. 
Be better. We need to be better fans. All right? That's Just be more knowledgeable. A good fan is a knowledgeable fan. And I think that's one thing to keep in mind going forward on this season. And as far as the Jimmy Butler specifically situation is concerned, because we don't know how long he's going to be here. So let's make up our minds. If we're going to boo, let's boo. If we're going to cheer, let's cheer. Let's get that figured out. But again, you know, and I, I mentioned this earlier, but me and Kevin aren't big on the whole every time he touches the ball, we're going to boo. Get your boos at the beginning, you know, in the player introductions, and that's that. And then after that, if you if you want to cheer for the Wolves, I think that's a I think that's a good option. But MVP for for Jimmy Butler, ah, eh, let's maybe lay off for that. But I think this is a good time for a, a fun story. I've told this in the past. The only player that I've ever seen we us do this for uh, that's really memorable was the very first game. So we brought in a ten day contract, two ten day contracts actually. It was Chris Johnson and Mikhail Jellabal. And Chris Johnson had a phenomenal game, like just off the charts good, like hitting shots, getting to the line, grabbing rebounds, getting blocks. He did it all, and he's going to the line, and I'm at this game because, remember, I'm a season ticket holder. This is a number of years ago, and people are chanting MVP, and that was a ton of fun because that was one of those moments where, I mean, I look back at all the years I've been a season ticket holder for the Wolves. One of the best, if not the best moments as a Timberwolves fan was being at that game. It was a ton of fun. And it's not. It was. It wasn't a season where we were expected to do great things. This is. We're talking. We have a ton of injuries. Things are going poorly. But that game was. It was a ton of fun. And you got all that fun because of two two way guys, Mikhail Jellabal and Chris Johnson. Again, that video is still available on YouTube. I strongly suggest you look it up. I'll just look up Timberwolves, uh, Chris Johnson, Mikhail Jellabal, and you're definitely going to find it. But it's a lot of fun. It was a game against the Rockets. And if you have not watched it yet, I strongly suggest you do so. So back to the game at hand, uh, you know, the Wolves take on the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Again, this is the, the first home game. You're expecting big things out of the Timberwolves. Now, he did have limited minutes in that first game. In the second game, you were wondering going into this how Jimmy Butler was going to play in terms of minutes. Was he going to play, you know, 32 minutes again? Was he going to play less? Was he going to play more? And early on, it seemed like, you were thinking maybe he's going to play less and maybe we're going to see a guy like Josh Okoge. Maybe we're going to see some of the other players play more minutes because the Wolves really started this game off strong. And and here's the thing. On paper, this is a team that we should be able to beat pretty handily. So both the Cavs and the Wolves came into this game uh, 0-1 on the season. So both teams had a lot to prove. Now early, early on in that first quarter, you started to worry just a little bit. Because the Wolves faltered as far as the middle was concerned. So we started off as it was a little bit of a back and forth. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at the Cavs. They're up by like 8, almost 10 points. We finish off the first quarter strong. And you get into that uh, kind of you know midway through that second quarter. And you really hit your stride. And the Wolves are up by about 20 points. And you're starting to think to yourself, maybe we're going to get a big enough lead that towards the end of this game, we're going to be able to play some of those guys you wouldn't normally see with the with the nine-man rotation that Thibodeau has. It was a little bit of up and down, but we kept that consistently through the third. And then it was like we hit a cliff. Like midway through the third, things changed, and you didn't feel so confident. And then the fourth hits, and you're still not real confident. As the fourth quarter was, dw- was uh, dwindling down, me and Kevin found ourselves thinking, this is not looking good. This is definitely a bit of a struggle. And again, luckily, the Wolves were able to find a way to finish this one off, but it wasn't pretty. And we talked about Jimmy Butler. You go into this game wondering how many minutes he's going to play, and unfortunately, it ended up being a lot of minutes. Jimmy Butler finishes with 36 minutes, so like you know, four or five minutes more than he did the previous game. 
Andrew Wiggins at 36 minutes. I mean, the starters definitely got used. Taj Gibson, only 28 minutes, which was nice to see. But in those 28 minutes, just fantastic. He's able to do so much. What I love about Taj Gibson is he's able to bring it on both ends of the court. 13 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. No blocks, no steals, but don't let that fool you. He is a fantastic defender. Really does a good job. Carl Towns in this one, by the way, 4 blocks. Jimmy Butler, whether you love him or hate him, he he really gets the job done. And in this game, it's no different. 33 points, 3 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks, 4 steals. Although... He actually finishes a minus three for the game. So go figure how that works. Kind of an, kind of an, kind of an interesting uh, statistic there. And actually, Taj Gibson, a minus nine. So it's kind of goofy as you watch that. You know, my uncle, who is a casual fan at best, uh, will sometimes tune in. And his observation, he felt like the bench players played really well, whether that was uh, Tyus Jones, Gorgie Jang. And, and actually, they were combined plus 16, uh, plus six for Gorgie Jang, plus 10 for Tyus Jones. And like I said, Jimmy Butler's a minus three. And my uncle noticed, he said, you know, when Jimmy Butler came in, I felt like the team didn't play as well. Springboard off of that, game ends, and you go to Twitter, and you're looking at national guys, and you're looking at local guys. Media specifically, for example, Brian Windhorst is calling out people, you know, the Jimmy Butler stuff. And what really is ridiculous to me is they mention how, see, Jimmy was right. Without him, they wouldn't win this game. And I actually would disagree with that. Not that it's not true necessarily, but we don't know if it's true. Because when you watch these games, when it comes down to the wire, it's just pass the ball to Jimmy, and Jimmy dribbles around for 20 minutes. And that's a problem. And until we actually get Carl Towns more involved, Wiggins more involved, until we have an actual offense at the end of games, I would argue that we don't even know whether or not this team can, con- can succeed without Jimmy. And that's part of the reason why I'll be pleased when he's gone, so we can actually start to get a better look at what we have here. There was one play specifically, and I think this is the kind of thing you watch for in a close game like this when it comes down to the wire. Jimmy Butler drives the lane, throws it out, and he throws it at the feet of Jeff Teague, who can't handle the pass. And that's not Jeff Teague's fault. It was a bad pass. And just think about this. If Jimmy Butler makes a few more mistakes like that, we lose that game. And so while it was kind of ride or die with Jimmy Butler, we don't actually know if we need him or not because we don't have any semblance of a real offense. And until we do, we're not going to have any sort of an idea what the Wolves can do. But, again, that's just my opinion. But I will just strongly disagree with the, the, the national guys that started jumping on Jimmy Butler saying, look, he was right. Look, he was right. We, they can't win without him. I, I would say at this point we, we really don't actually know the answer to that. Jumping over to the uh, Cavaliers' side of the ball, a few things to keep in mind. But, you know, early on in this one, we noticed Jordan Clarkson was uh, on the bike quite a bit, uh, you know, kind of just trying to stay loose. And, man, at the end of the game, was he ever loose? He finishes this game with 19 points, an assist, and four rebounds. And it just – I felt like when he was in there, he, the guy couldn't miss. Now, thankfully for us, he's not out there hitting threes. Uh, you know who is, though? Jetty Osmond and Kevin Love, a combined 7 of 14. I, 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 I'm not going to say I'm shocked, but Jetty Osmond, when you watch him live, that is a really good player. This is a Cavs team that is going to be a lot better than people realize. They're going to be competitive night in and night out, whether it's rookies like Colin Sexton, who I really felt played strongly at the end of the game. He struggled a bit, it seemed like, early on. But at the end, another player that was able to do so many positive things as a rookie. How about Tristan Thompson, a player I don't think gets enough credit when he's out there. He's not going to be flashy, but he's going to grab rebounds. He's going to get points, and he's going to do... The little things, very similar to a Taj Gibson, Tristan Thompson, 14 and 10 in this one. 
honestly, a lot to like from the Cavs. The one player that I expected more from, Rodney Hood, he definitely kind of seemed a little bit out of sorts. Three of 10 from the field. For the most part, when he shot, I was pretty sure it was not going in. The, uh, the, the biggest positive for him was 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Again, looking at the Cavs as a whole, 25 of 29 from the free throw line. If you want to stay into a game, there's two things you want to do. Get to the line, make your free throws, and hit, and, and definitely find a way to hit three-pointers. And they did both of those things a little bit. Uh, 23 threes, they made eight of them. So not exactly jumping off the page there, but 25 of 29 free throws is pretty good. And uh, if you could get that every game, I think as a Cavs fan, you'd be very pleased. Looking back at the Wolves' side of the ball, you know, we mentioned uh, Town struggled a bit in the first game. He definitely struggled in the second game, too, just 4 of 10 from the field. But a step in the right direction, 2 of 2 from the three-point line. But just 12 points, 9 boards, and 2 assists. We need better than that. Now, whether it was the Spurs game or whether it was this Cavs game, watch Andrew Wiggins closely. Andrew Wiggins in the Cavs game, 16 points in the first half, finishes with just 22. Andrew Wiggins in the, in the first game against the Spurs, 16 points in the first half, finishes with 20 points. You're not seeing the productivity in the second half that you'd like to get from Andrew Wiggins. And again, I think part of that is Jimmy Butler being here. If Jimmy Butler's not here, Wiggins is able to be not a primary ball handler, but he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more, and I think he'd be more successful. So as soon as Jimmy Butler leaves, watch for Andrew Wiggins to become a much more productive player. I think before last season, before Jimmy was here, I actually thought that pretty much every season Andrew Wiggins was able to improve in different areas. You didn't see that as much last year. In fact, I would say he faltered in many areas. So far this year, I'm definitely seeing the effort. So he's making the effort to rebound. He's making the effort to grab assists. Uh, Just two assists in this one. But you're starting to see him pass the ball more. And it's at least a step in the right direction. Again, we're just doing nine guys. So you're not getting a lot of players off the bench as far as rookies. You know, whether it's a Kogi, whether it's Jared Terrell, Kata Bates-Diop. You're not seeing any of them. But again, we talked about it a little bit in the first game. And I'll say it again in the second game. Derrick Rose has impressed me. He's not going to jump off the page defensively. And if that's what you want, uh, you're not getting it. And so I understand the critics that are like, as good as Derrick Rose is offensively, he's that bad defensively. It's not an effort thing, though. He's undersized in his role, I think, is a big part of it. When you watch him play, he's playing with, let's say, Tyus Jones or Jeff Teague, and he's having to guard players that are definitely much larger than him. So it's not an effort thing. I honestly watch him, and I think he puts up a lot of effort. But what I need to see less of is these weird rotations. The way we're using Derrick Rose I don't think is always helpful. So he finishes this game at 12 points, 8 assists, and 4 rebounds. A very solid stat line. He does have no turnovers and just 2 fouls. So Gorgie, or sorry, uh, Derek Rose, we'd like to see that production continue. And here's the thing. If he's going to continue to be put in a, a position to fail on defense, at a minimum, we need him to continue to be dominant on the offensive end, and he's done that now through 2 games. And hopefully that's going to continue long term. Jumping over to the 2K side of things, now, again, we're simulating every single game this season. 2K ended up having us blow out the Cavaliers in the simulation, 133-90. to 90. Look at this stat line. Now, obviously, he didn't hit it, but they had Carl Towns finishing with 44 points, 20 rebounds, and 3 assists. Absolutely crazy. They had Jeff T getting a double-double, 19 points, 10 assists. So, no shock that the Wolves dominated in this one. Looking at some of the other players... Um, Nothing really jumps up the page as far as being similar, although you did get uh, 
12 points for Taj Gibson. He finished with 13. So, again, 2K, very good at making these predictions. Player of the game, by the way, for the Cavs, as far as uh, the simulation is concerned, is Colin Sexton. Not necessarily across the board, but he led the way 24 points. So 2K is a big fan of Colin Sexton. Kevin Love, 18 points, 11 rebounds, 4 steals in uh, in the simulation that uh, on 2K19. So some interesting stuff going on there. 133.90 is what they had as winning. Now, next game we have on the docket, we have the Mavs game, which took place October 20th. So that was Saturday night. Now, this is a game that took place in Dallas. One thing to keep in mind with this one, Harrison Barnes did not play. So you're going, in, you're going into this one, and the Mavs are at least slightly shorthanded. Now, if you like the, if you like what he brings to the table or if he doesn't, it's going to really give your opinion on whether having him not be there is a positive or a negative to what they're doing uh, in Dallas. Don't forget you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Tune in to The Howl every week. We're on Wednesdays from... 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. That's Central Time. And then we're also on Saturdays for replay. And that would be 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So, again, looking at these, this Mavericks game, this is a game that I was a little torn on. I wasn't sure if the Wolves were going to you know, play well. Uh, you go into this game knowing that you're not going to have Jimmy Butler. And we do find out a little before game time that Josh Okogie is going to be starting. I was super excited for that. Not a lot of things necessarily um, end up being positive in this one, unfortunately. You know, bottom line, the Wolves end up falling. 140 to 136, they end up losing in this one. Again, if you have not watched it, take a look at the highlights. Uh, specifically looking at the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic is a fantastic player. If you didn't already know it, you should now. He is so incredibly good. Not even just for a rookie. He is just a fantastic player. He is off the charts good for a rookie. And if he wasn't, if he doesn't win the Rookie of the Year award, I'd be pretty shocked. But again, a lot of it's going to depend on the minutes he gets. 36 minutes in this one. Take a look at this stat line. 26 points, 3 assists, 6 rebounds, 4 of 9 from 3. Eh, 6 of 9 from the free throw line is not great. But he had a block. He had 2 steals. What hurt him a little bit, no question, was 6 turnovers. 6 turnovers. You know, for for anybody, that's not good. But uh, at least it's a little more acceptable for a rookie. Although, again, not your typical rookie as he's coming here, already been playing professional basketball. Again, we talked about how um, you weren't going to see Harrison Barnes in this one. The other player that isn't in this one yet because he did have surgery recently is Dirk Nowitzki. He's going to be out for a little bit. But, again, this is his retirement tour. This is his last season on the books. So I strongly suggest – when Dallas, when the Dallas Mavericks do come to Minnesota, make sure you catch a game. I believe they're here twice. So make sure you catch a game because you're going to want to see the Dirk Nowitzki farewell tour. I think it's going to be important to watch him play as he's one of the, the greatest players of all time. And if you have, especially if you have not seen him, let's say you're a younger fan of the Timberwolves and of the NBA, I really strongly suggest you go and watch a game. It's, it's definitely worth your time. It's a player that has been so incredibly good at the game. Really, really good for uh, the state of Texas, for the city of Dallas. I, I think they were very fortunate when they picked him up, and he's been a ton of fun to watch. And it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of good games this season, I think, when Dirk plays. And he's he's definitely going to be missed when, when his time is uh, done in the NBA. So looking specifically at this game, we talked about Luka Doncic. Uh, a few other players that jump off the page. You know, Wes Matthews ends up 4 of 11 from 3. We talked about Luka Doncic being 4 of 9. Look at this. 
you know, before you're talking about some of the teams shooting, you know, 20 to 25 uh, when it comes to the Spurs and the Cavs. How about the Dallas Mavericks here? Not only embracing modern NBA, but like over the top embracing it. 53 point shots in this one. They finish 17 of 50. Just jumps off the page. Uh, a big part of uh, what the Wolves were not able to do, they were not able to handle DeAndre Jordan. 22 points, 10 rebounds. Guy was getting the job done. And if you want to talk about rebounds, that's one thing. But how about offensive rebounds? Uh, Finney Smith, four offensive rebounds. Doncic had one. Kleber had one. Wes Matthews had two. J.J. Barea had an offensive rebound. If you want to know why you have trouble in a game, why you lose a game, it's J.J. Barea getting a rebound on the offensive end. That is off. That is offensive. And that should never happen. And if you're a Wolves fan, you should be very upset at the effort you saw on that end. Four offensive rebounds for DeAndre Jordan. Going down the list, Dwight Powell, he had another couple offensive rebounds. How about Dwight Powell? 19 points. I mean, just six six rebounds, two assists. Super impressive. Actually, looking at the assists, 29 assists. Very solid game there for the Mavericks. Uh, The goofy thing was we were able to get him to turn the ball over, but it just didn't seem to matter. The Wolves could not score on those turnovers. They finished this game with a, they caused 16 turnovers for the Mavericks. Uh, looking at the Timberwolves side of the ball, as far as uh, turnovers are concerned, we had 17. So again, we didn't value the basketball like we should. And you want to talk about offensive rebounds, we had six. We had 23 assists, only 33 rebounds. There's so many things to dislike about this game. The one thing I want to talk touch base on, though, I am a big I do get a little negative. If you follow me on Twitter, I do get pretty negative when it comes to officiating. You know, I've coached basketball for a number of years. <clears throat> on top of that, um, I helped coach. I-, I played for a long time. I have friends that are officials. So I-, I have a really good look at the entire picture. So I understand that being an official is not easy. I get that. But, man, were the referees bad in this one. Josh Akogi, I get that he's a rookie. But I'm never going to be okay with this whole, well, you have to earn your place in the NBA. I think that's BS. I don't think a player should have to earn anything. When it comes to the NBA, a foul should be a foul. When it comes to college, high school, any basketball league, a foul should be a foul. I don't care if it's Dirk Nowitzki, you know, sitting in his 19th year or whatever. I don't care if it's Josh Okogie in his first. A foul should be a foul. And I thought Josh Okogie got the raw end of the stick on a number of fouls. So did Andrew Wiggins. I don't know what it was about this game, but I know one person mentioned specifically they t- um, one of our followers on Twitter said the first half especially was really bad. The second half, it was probably a little better, but only in terms of the fact that both teams got screwed. I, the refereeing in general in this one was really bad, but how about at the end of the game? Uh, you have Dennis Smith Jr. clearly shoves full arm extended, fully shoves Derrick Rose. Now, the one thing I'll say about Derrick Rose is he didn't flop. He did not try to get a foul. I mean, there's a foul there. No question there's a foul. But he didn't embellish it. And you're playing the king of the embellishers, which is J.J. Barea. You know, it's funny. Dave Benz in the game last night, speaking of J.J. Barea, mentions, well, a lot of Wolves fans really are endeared by Jimmy Butler, or by J.J. Barea. We really like J.J. No, we didn't. I don't know anyone that liked him other than, like, one guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a player. He's polarizing, but in a negative way. I don't think there's a lot of people out there that are big fans of J.J. Barea. But this is a good example. In this game, in the Derrick Rose play at the end of the game, he gets shoved, no call, which at the end of the game, you're in an ISO situation. The Wolves are down. If you're the official, you're watching that one play. There's nothing else you're watching. And they can't even get that right. And then on top of that, 
when Derrick Rose then tries to get back into the play, they call him for a foul. So absolutely absurd. Really makes you mad. On top of that, earlier in the game, Jeff Teague, like, barely grazes J.J. Brea. He th- flies backwards like someone just shot him out of a cannon. And all of a sudden, they, and they get a foul there. And Jeff Teague's like, you know that's not what happened. And J.J. laughed it off and was like, oh, come on. You know you shoved me. And it's like, no, he didn't. And I'm sorry, but I don't care if you're a Wolves fan, an NBA fan, a Mavs fan. I hate that. I cannot stand flopping. And there's no place for it in my league. And I hope that they look at plays like this and they start to penalize guys again. They start to fine them. Because J.J. Barea, I don't got time for your flopping. Chris Paul, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about this on another time, I don't have time for your flopping. And that's something that definitely has to change. Uh, looking specifically at the game, though, you know, you had no Jimmy Butler. We talked about Josh Okogie playing in this one. I thought Josh looked really good on the defensive end. Love his energy. He was able to play 28 minutes. He did get into some foul trouble a few times, but... Think about this. Uh, He's a rookie, but he led the team with a plus three in those 28 minutes. Uh, Just six points, but he was only two of five. Had a really nice corner three. Had a really nice drive to the basket. Uh, Two assists and five rebounds uh, from Josh Jacoby as well. I love, love, love his game. Uh, He did have three turnovers, but he did have a steal. There's definitely stuff to like about Josh Jacoby. He's not going to get major minutes, at least not while Jimmy Butler's here. Now, with the Jimmy Butler trade... Hopefully on the horizon, maybe that changes. But again, let's look at the Heat, for example. If you trade for Josh Richardson, he's getting those minutes. Josh Okogie probably is not. One uh, person that really jumped off the page for me, and again, we talked about this in previous games, but Derek Rose, how about this stat line? 28 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block. I actually really was really, really happy with the way he played offensively. You want to see more from him defensively, but again, in a lot of situations, He's going up against someone that just physically he can't handle, whether that's height-wise, whether that's strength-wise. He's put at a disadvantage generally in the lineups that he's used in. So I was very impressed that at least he keeps it up on the offensive end. The goofy thing in this one, so the Wolves got off to a, a pretty good start, similar to some of the other games uh, last year. You know, you'd see the Wolves maybe go off to a big start. I think that fo- first quarter tends to be pretty um, either really hit or miss for the Wolves, and this one was definitely a hit. Wolves actually got the lead up to 15, but then you let the Mavericks come back, and we talked about the final score, 140 points? You know, Aaron keeps harping on me when we're watching these games just how bad the Wolves' defense is. And he's right. There's no defense being played by the Wolves. Uh, Aside from Josh Okoge and Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler didn't even play in this one, you need more. You need better defense. But on top of that, I don't know that I'm necessarily blaming the players Kind of like we talked about Derrick Rose getting matched up with players that he necessarily can't physically match up with. That's a big part of this. I think that Tom Thibodeau is a really bad basketball coach at this stage in his career, and he's not willing to change the way he does defense, and that's a problem. To make a comparison to the to the NFL and the Vikings, there were times earlier in the season where I felt like the NFL was passing by Mike Zimmer and his defense, and we looked really bad. And now you're starting to see that change. You're seeing the Vikings adapt a little bit. And that's because you have a coach that's willing to adapt. Tom Thibodeau is so stuck in his ways. He's not willing to adapt. And I think it's going to hurt us. And until he's gone or until he decides to change, which I don't see the, the latter happening, we, I think we got to wait for him to be, be gone. Because until then, I think you're going to continue night in and night out to see really bad defense from the Timberwolves. A step in the right direction, however, and this is not surprising for me anyways, Carl Towns had a very good game. Shocking. He looks good when Jimmy Butler's not out there. I think that makes a difference. 31 points, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, 4 of 6 from 3. 
tons of things to like from Carl Towns in this one. The player, though, that, again, I'd like to see more from, Andrew Wiggins, 19 points. So he's really stuck in that, like, 19 to 23-point range. And I want him to take that next step. I want him to be in that 20 to 25 range more so. I want to see a few more points, a little more consistency instead of putting together, let's say, one really big half. Again, though, two assists, three rebounds. I know it doesn't jump off the page, but when you watch him play, he is making effort plays on defense, and I watch him, and he's making effort plays on offense as far as trying to pass the ball. He's making good decisions, and I want that to continue. Although, again, we talked about turnovers in this one, and Wiggins had three of them. So that would, that would be something you'd like to see change. One player that came into this game and kind of had a deer in the headlights look was C.J. Williams. Gets his first minutes of the year in this one. Now, it was just seven minutes, almost eight minutes. And a big thing was because of foul trouble with both Wiggins and with Josh Okogie and then with Butler not playing, that's why you see some C.J. Williams minutes. He was a minus nine. Only person worse than him in plus minus was Derrick Rose. Again, single games, you can't really look at that as far as plus minus is concerned. But in this instance, I think it tells the story of his game, and he struggled quite a bit. As I watched C.J. Williams play, he looked lost out there. He looked like he was a little nervous. So hopefully that can change if he gets minutes, any other minutes going forward. That's going to be something to watch for. Overall, though, again, the Wolves are able to score, but they're just not able to get stops. And if that doesn't change, this is going to be a really long season. Because think about this. You score 136 points, you still lose the game. That's that's bad. That is bad. Now, do you win this game if Jimmy Butler plays? I think you do. I think you definitely win this game with Jimmy Butler here. But again, he's not going to be here long term. He's not going to be here to bail you out. And I may not like Jimmy Butler as a person, but as a player, he's fantastic and he's a hard worker. And other players need to find a way to persevere. Now, the only caveat again I'll make is that with Tom Thibodeau, I just don't know if we have the pieces to be successful in today's NBA. I just think the league has passed him by. So Jimmy Butler, without Jimmy Butler, I think it will be tough under Tom Thibodeau to succeed because the way that Tom Thibodeau has the team set up, Jimmy Butler is almost a necessary piece. You know, with Jimmy Butler, you're taking that square peg and you're putting it in the square peg hole. With Jimmy Butler out, you have a square peg, but you're trying to put it into a circular object and it's just not working. And so I don't know that we're going to see much change until both Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau are gone. Again, 140 to 136 was your final in this one. Jumping to 2K to take a look at that simulation. 2K had it right again. They did have us losing in this one, 110 to 104. So they did feel we'd lose this game. They did not realize just how bad our defense would be. But that is because Jimmy Butler did play in the simulation. But they just knew, though. They knew we were going to lose this one. They did have a big game from Carl Towns, 27 points, 22 rebounds. Now, you know, he didn't get 22 rebounds. Let's be real here. But he did have a pretty solid game in this one with uh, 31 points. Looking at Andrew Wiggins, 16, 2, and 4. They were almost spot on with that one. So, they again, we, we keep up. 2K19 could not be more realistic. I think they've done a great job with what they've been able to build. And, and that's something to watch for. For anyone that does not have 2K19, by the way, make sure you pick up a copy. Listen into the Howl each week. We will be giving away copies of uh, 2K19 in our... 2K All Day segment, so that's going to be something to listen for as well. Again, you've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Does it for this episode. Again, tune into The Howl every Wednesday, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, and Saturdays, 
10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. Until next time, let me get a howl.